Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, the podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I am Jarrell, and I am joined this week by Christy. Everybody. And Gabe. Hello. And Brandon. What's up, party people? Oh, uh, <laughs> nothing much. Just partying. Like party. I always do, because it's a party. Is that... That's the problem yes, we, yes, you did it. You 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 partied it up, man. They they they're gonna have to call the cops <laughs> on you now. Excuse me. Oh my god. So I'm sorry that I'm gonna start with some sad news after that uh, really happy um, that happy intro. Uh, but this past week, um, what day was it? March 17th, I believe. What day was March 17th? It was a Monday. That was a Friday. Friday. Uh, Friday. I believe it was on Friday, uh, we had the very unfortunate passing of Lance Reddick, who uh, had just, like, one of the most amazingly iconic voices. He was an awesome actor, um, just a great, wonderful guy all around, so I definitely had to shout out him because he's wonderful and it just really sucked, uh, but he passed away this this past weekend. Um, uh, and there was a beautiful uh, Destiny... Um, uh, uh, collaboration effort i guess in which a lot of the uh players got together to uh do a little memorial uh for him in game um and it just shows the good side of gaming even when things are kind of bad um sure. oh I, moving on to also sad news a lot of our wonderful uh game journalist co-workers have been let go because of uh gamer uh game gamer group excuse me um, gamer group went in and bought a ton of websites, including Destructoid, Siliconera, Twinfinite, uh, and many others. And, uh, basically they said that they had a plan that they were going to input, uh, which was going to make these, uh, websites much more, uh, lucrative. And this plan, uh, even though they bought up all these websites, they would have, um, they would be able to have a a year-over-year growth and it was going to make a difference and uh now that they've done all their analytics and uh (laughs) the year is over their decision was to fire a ton of people almost without notice which is the exact opposite of what they said they would do before they purchased all of these places so um uh definitely uh, it was due to operational inefficiencies according to uh their post um which says since the start of 2022 we have more than tripled our full-time headcount from 55 to 171 people with the majority in content and editorial whilst the decision we made to invest heavily into our team was one that was made with the greatest intention to grow our audience and content output we unfortunately moved too broadly and without the right protective measures in place The analysis I referenced above exposed the approximately 35% of the content we were producing was driving less than 10% of our web traffic. Whilst content will underperform regularly, we cannot maintain such a high level of inefficiency, one in three articles at present. Conclusively, this investment into new categories and simultaneously increasing the volume across existing ones didn't deliver the profitability to justify further investment. 
and we were late in measuring the effectiveness. So the biggest issue I have with this is literally just them being like, yeah, so you guys who are underperforming are the problem, so we let you go. Even though they were the reason that this happened, because they decided to go and buy all of these uh, websites. Uh, because, you know, we're just in an era where big companies decide that they're just going to buy everything up and hope for the best, looking at Microsoft and uh, PlayStation, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, yes. So, you know, we, we've got friends uh, of HP Critical out there who no longer have jobs. So definitely, if you know anyone, show them some love. Uh, people that have been at their, their jobs for like five, six years, leads in their departments. Um, <clears throat> it was really, really, uh, really a rough situation. So for sure, definitely show love to people out there. And, you know, it's just it's another look at uh, this industry and how difficult it can be. Uh, did, did anyone want to say anything about that before I move on? Just that my heart goes out to all of them affected by this, and I really hope they land on their feet because I, I definitely know a, a, few, a nice chunk of them were very, very hard workers that gave it everything they had and got let go for, through no fault of their own, and that just that just hurts me. That just hurts me to hear, so I really hope they, they find something. Yeah. Uh, Twitch also laid off about 400 people. <sighs> what else is new from Twitch? Well, that was that was succinct. I'll move on. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Xbox Game Pass, we got the new games coming soon. We're gonna have Dead Space Two. Is that two? Dead Space Two. Not the remake, just Dead Space Two. Oh, okay. Regular Dead Space Two, evidently. <laughs> There's three Dead Space games. Yeah, three, and now the remake. So, only four. Yeah. Dead Space, Dead Space Two, Civilization, um, Seven, Guilty Gear, Valheim, and Nino Kuni Two. Um, we also just passed the three-year anniversary for uh, Animal Crossing, which I definitely want to bring up because that was such a period where we were all just at home playing. I can't believe it was three years ago. So, really quickly, I wanted to know if you guys had any good or bad memories from Animal Crossing. I feel like I oh, yeah. know some some of you already, but I'd love to hear either a good or bad memory from three years ago. Three years Not ago. Like tarantula. They scare me. The tarantulas still... What, what, okay, the tarantulas don't scare me as much anymore now that I learn how to deal with them. It's like, if I'm walking around at night and I and I hear something, that's what scares me. But if I see one, like, I, bless, bless my friend Zach for teaching me how to catch tarantulas. Because I never knew how to do it before. And now I do, so that was that was good for the monies. Yeah, no, to answer your question about memories, um, I remember uh, here on HB Critical, I did a series called Animal Crossing Through the Day, where for because I was home, so I could so I was home, so I could do this. I just did a series where I just did each week. I did a different two-hour period uh, of, of streams. So one day was one one week was noon to two, the next one two to four, and I just kept going. So eventually, that did get into some weeks where I was getting up really early in the morning to do streams. But I'll never forget how when I did the two a.m. to four a.m. stream to Animal Crossing, that was somehow ended up being one of our most popular streams. There were some late owls out there who just wanted to watch some Animal Crossing content, and we ended up and, and we ended up having a blast that night. It was it was actually. Great, but yeah, no, that I, I would say that's probably one of my biggest stories. And of course, we did a lot of events as as well, like the Pride Parade, which was awesome. Uh, and we had like our we had our live podcast as well on that uh, very same episode. No, we we in the in the absence of being able to go outside on the regular, we managed to find uh, use Animal Crossing to host a lot of really cool events, and I'm I always remember it for that. Yes, 
That was so beautiful. That was so much better than what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I didn't say mine now. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, I'll, I'll say mine anyway. Uh, my 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 favorite moment was just uh, uh, the 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 fact that it came out on the same day as um, uh, what is that game? Oh, Doom Eternal. There we go. Oh, thank you. It came out on the same yeah. day. With Doom. Oh, the me- had a bunch of memes from um, Doom. Guy. They were so wholesome. Yeah, I love seeing I love seeing Doom Slayer and Isabel become best friends. It was great. And then you know it was so strange. We had like people graduating from college and Animal Crossing. It was such a weird, weird time three years ago. Like what? Were we college doing? graduations, uh, to parties, celebration, birthdays. Yeah. My favorite thing was also hearing the uh, the Animal Crossing medley mixed with Final Fantasy mm. and Doom at the Game Awards, which I never. That was I would ever wonderful. Think. And uh, Beautiful. Um, one of the worst was uh, when Gabe hated Animal Crossing for being uh, <laughs> a basic uh, ass game. Well, no, I was gonna say he hated Animal Crossing for being a contender for Game of the Year. Is what I was gonna Which say. Which also I shouldn't have happened. Um, but yeah, that, those are my uh, Animal Crossing memories. And I'll go ahead and move on then, unless you guys got something else. Anybody? Anybody? No. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, as you guys know, the 3D, 3DS, Wii U, and 3DS eShops are closing. They might be closed already. I don't even know. Um, uh, we still got a few more days after this recording. They they close on the 27th. Okay, so, yeah, we got a few more days since... Uh, today's the 22nd that we're recording this, so you got, a, like, five more days before the Wii, shoot, Wii U and uh, 3DS eShops close for good. Really quick, I want to talk about game preservation, how you guys feel about this closing, and how you feel about people who have uh, gone out and bought all these games. Oh, I mean... I mean go ahead, Christy. If you bought all of them good for you i guess i'm just sad that we're going to be losing some of these games i assume there's a specific story we're going to be talking about in relation to this very soon but before we get into that yeah talking about uh you know it's very sad that both the storefronts are going to are are, are going down because there are a lot of uh great games that uh you know realistically a lot of them are going to get ported but because of the way nintendo designs their systems there are so many games that are like so specific to that platform, like 3DS games. Unless Nintendo makes another system that is built with 3D in mind with the two screens, it's just not going to be the same. And same thing for the Wii U. For the Wii U games that actually bother to actually take advantage of the two screen functionality, um, there's going to be something lost even if those games do get ported forward. Like for the Wii U's case, we've gotten a lot of those games already on like N- Nintendo Switch. But of course, they had to adjust those games so they could work on the single screen as opposed to whatever the Wii U had on it. That's that's just an example. There's a lot of games that just will never come back, and some games that may find new life in different ways. So, but it's 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 sad that we won't be able to experience it that way. But uh, the fact the fact is, like I know we're like it's because of these storefronts are going down that I think people are like really upset about it because you know the fact the wait, what Terrell are you okay? I'm so sorry. So yesterday, this is completely off topic. Yesterday, I lost my earring, and I literally just found it on the floor, like right now. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Sorry. Awesome. Well, yeah, no. Like people appreciate it when they know it's gone or or, or going away. Like, like I have like I when when I found out the eShops were closing, both eShops were closing. I did make a list of all the games that I wanted to get, but I ultimately I did get a few. I did get a few, but for the most part, I didn't get every game on my list cuz one, that's very expensive and two, 
I've just come to the conclusion that I'm at the point in my life where there's so, so, so many games to play and what? that are on my backlog. So you're that, not like, to play all these old ass games because you have so many new games to play on your backlog. What? That is not what that is not what I said, sir. That is one hundred percent not what I said. What I what I was saying is like that with all the games that I have now, both new and old. That if a game is on a system that I if I didn't buy it like on the system when it was originally out, then that I means I must not have wanted it enough. So I'll just play all the games that I did I ultimately end up buying. So that's just kind of the way I'm looking. And if it does get ported forward with new life, then sure, maybe I'll give it a chance then. But for now, you know. I, I boot up my Wii U maybe twice a year to play a Wii game that I really want to play, and oh then God. that's pretty much it. And 3DS for, I guess, is similar as these days. Awesome. Like, like I, I don't mind playing old games or new games, but I would like to play it on the console, the newest console, if bought all possible. That's all. Bless you for I'm just sad. On your Wii U in 2023. Listen, I got to finish Pikmin at some point, and that's not on the Switch yet, so. <laughs> yep, it's necessary. Sorry, Chrissy, go ahead. I'm just sad that we're going to be losing a Fire Emblem Faith Revelation, the Revelation route. Yeah, if you didn't already get it, for sure. If it's not on your special edition cartridge you're, and you didn't buy on the eShop, it will be lost to the Ether. The you're Great Ether. Four, right, Brandon? Eventually. Yeah. Definitely not at launch. Oh, you want to finish three before you play four? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, uh, Gabe, did you have anything to say about this? I think we're finally getting to the point where game companies are actually going to have to look at, that was a word, um, game preservation? that word, no, it was, it was going into that word, but there's another word, I don't know, they're going to have to look into more suitable ways of having games preserved, aside from having, you know, a subscription tier that you have to pay extra for to get those games, because I don't know, it is to me like I don't see Nintendo having all these games that were on the 3DS and on the Wii U be ported over to a Switch title or or something without it going directly into the um, the online library. Which at this point, I don't even think they're gonna make it to the 3DS because. Like, everyone's saying the Switch life is coming to an end soon, so would it make sense for them to do that? So, um, I, I think not just Nintendo alone, but Sony and Xbox and all these other companies need to really look at, kind of, like, put their heads together and think about, all right, what's the best way to preserve these games? Because, obviously, we have a problem with emulators. Like, God forbid we hear about an emulation being available to the public. So, I bought the games I needed to off the, the, the eShop, so I'm okay for now. Mm-hmm. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. No. No, I can't. We heard you a second ago. And now Jarrell's going. I don't know if the people who are listening to the podcast can hear us. So I'm just going to speak about... What games have you bought, Gabe, until he actually comes back? Uh, the Fire Emblem ones that Christy... Uh, nice. Christy recommended. Correct. Uh, that was literally uh, about it. Correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> you did good. Um... <laughs> I think this is, I think game preservation is so smart, um, is all I have to say positively about this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't play old games, so this didn't really affect me much. Oh, loser, he's a boomer, oh sorry. Oh my god! 
Isn't that the opposite of a boomer? What? <laughs> no, he's a boomer because he doesn't know how to get the old games onto the newer systems. But I'm always looking to the future and I have a backlog that's ridiculous and I am so into what games are becoming, although I do appreciate the stories of older games. However, I thought this is like, I, I understand. I think people are going a little crazy over this and I think they're doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> I don't. I want to say I think they're doing it for the right reasons because game preservation is so important. Um, however, Gerard, the completionist, went and bought every fucking game, and I just think that that's just ridiculous. Like that is. So. Uh, but it's his money. I, I, he can do what he wants with it. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask a question. Has anyone actually watched the video that where he did this? Nope. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna watch so, somebody so, spend money I don't have. That makes me sad. So I, I, I want to give context to this that he didn't just buy this just because just because because the video. So I'll go ahead and say like I'll skip to the end. He did this for the sake because he do, every single game that he donated, um, he ended up donated to the nonprofit video game um, preservation foundation so that they could like you know have it for their records essentially. And, and a ton of coin point points to that he can get a bunch of free games. Yeah, gold points that he can use for like a whole bunch of games, and like it was, it was mainly his money. And like, uh, like he got, he got a little help, but basically, like he was doing like a bunch of like sponsorships and stuff like that, and and, and Patreon stuff like that. Like he went into detail about how he was able to afford every single game. I would highly recommend watching the the, the video because it is actually an entertaining trick of the struggles that he and his team went to to get every single game. Like Nintendo's old e older eShops are not consumer friendly and not you get all. to see and you and you get to see just how bad they can be when you're trying to buy everything. No, I, I that that is a 100% recommend video that I, that you should check out. It's in for it's in, it's it's informative and it's also hilarious. It's also so tragic at points, but no, it's I recommend it. But yeah, it was it was for the sake of preservation. Yeah, so I said game preservation is important. That doesn't change anything mm -hmm. that I was about to say, which is I think spending $20,000 on old games is a little bit ridiculous. Although I think for him it makes sense because that's a part of his job. I still think that yeah. that's ridiculous. I don't think anyone should spend $20,000 on old video games. Um, but you can do what you want with your money, especially if you're getting help and especially if it's for charity. Um, <clears throat> however, uh, what I was saying before was that uh, I bought all the Wii U and 3DS games that I wanted when I played the <laughs> Wii U and 3DS. Um, like Gabe said, I... I That's what I was saying. I literally... What Gabe was saying as well. Turned off... I don't even... I tried to trade in my 3DS and I couldn't because GameStop doesn't sell the, the chargers for them anymore. When so, did you try like, this? Like, two years ago, maybe? Two or three oh years ago? Oh my gosh. Why? Oh, because I, I thought you were gonna say like you tried it like a month or two ago. Oh. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit, but no. <laughs> yeah, so you like, I you can't you cannot trade in a 3ds currently to GameStop because they don't. I'm assuming, or at least when I tried to, because they don't even sell the chargers anymore. Finding a charger for your 3ds is ridiculous. Like, it, this isn't like oh, buy the like. If you still have your working 3DS, which I do, um, that's wonderful. I still have mine because, you know, uh, the Pokemon Home is going to come really soon. And I might have to transfer some more of my Pokemon. I'm not actively playing my 3DS. 
And I don't know how many people are. Bless you if you are. That's really cool. Brandon's still playing his Wii U in 2023 so he can finish Pikmin. Gabe's still playing <laughs> his 3DS so he can play uh, uh, Fire Emblem. Uh, but Zelda games. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire Emblem. It's definitely Fire Emblem. <laughs> Fire Emblem. Zelda. Wonderful. And you know what they're both going to do? They're going to play <laughs> these old games on their Switch as well. So I think for you guys, this is an impact. And I think for the gaming industry, it's a big impact. Um, but I just... I. I, I own physically all the copies of games that I wanted, and I don't even... My Wii U is collecting dust in a closet right now. Um, and be careful, because apparently the software was bricking a lot of people, and it stopped working, so you better play it soon, Brandon. Yes. Before you lose it all! Um, but yeah. I would like... I, I could comfortably say I've played it a lot more recently than a lot of Wii owners have, so I think I'm okay. I mean, yeah. Like, I, like, I can also comfortably agree with that. Um, no, but I think it's really cool that you're going back to play these. Like, I think it's cool that you guys are going back to play, um, these games. And I think it's really important for game preservation, what he did. I just, like, the, the money spender in me is, like, why would anyone? (laughs) Yeah. Also, the backlog uh, in me is, like, Jarrell, no. Like, go watch that shit on YouTube if you really care. Um, moving on. Um, what? nothing. I feel like I'm being judged right now. <laughs> uh, I... Okay. Uh, so, Black Girl Gamers. <clears throat> uh, they recently put out a tweet talking about their involvement with Forspoken, um, which I was unaware of. I still have not rolled credits on Forspoken, so I did not see that. Unbelievable. Um, what part? That you haven't rolled credits oh, yet. Okay, yeah, so... And this is why I'm not buying games from the 3DS or Wii U eShop. Um, anyway. Damn, you're not playing that Forspoken 3DS port for shame. It probably looked the same <laughs> as it did when it first came out. Oh, no! Okay, see, now I'm going to... I'm gonna. <laughs> I, okay. No, I, I literally only said that as a joke. Yeah, I don't mean that good. whatsoever. Yeah, yes, I was the good. one that said it looked good. I was 100% the one. I said that just <laughs> to say it. <laughs> Anyway, I was saying positive things. Um, so Black Girl Gamers, uh, they put out a tweet, which I'm going to read to you guys. Uh, their Forspoken statement says, We are pleased to announce that Black Girl Gamers was hired as a paid consultant on Forspoken, which included having the opportunity to play a pre-release build of the game and provide feedback on the overall experience from the gameplay experience to the portrayal of Frey as a female protagonist of Black Descent. As with any consultation project, and due to the timing of our consultation being initiated during the latter stages of the game's development, not all of the suggestions we shared pertaining to colorism and texturism were impl- implemented Excuse me, in the final game. Due to the nature of our contract, we cannot disclose specific suggestions. However, we were pleased to see that some of our input was reflected in the final version of the game. As a trusted voice in gaming, diversity, and inclusivity, we were brought in. We had an opportunity to weigh in on the game, especially given that this is one of the first games to feature a fantasy female protagonist of Black Descent. The importance was key to us and our community, and this was communicated during our consultation. With that said, our consultant really enjoyed the gameplay. It is an entertaining experience for those who love open-world, fast-paced parkour combat with fantasy magic. Forspoken centers itself on the representation of women of all different experiences, and due to that, the game was unfairly received extreme and unjust criticism about its quality. 
Forspoken has the potential to be a great franchise, and we hope to see a continuing trend of more representation in fantasy games. However, for the fantasy genre in general, there needs to be greater awareness and proactivity about the importance of hiring a team that consists of black writers, developers, and consultants. Additionally, paying those individuals and content creators their worth. It's important for organizations to partner with authentic voices in the black community when promoting all games. The services that we provide can help organizations connect with underrepresented and diverse audiences to garner genuine reactions around activations and also help to ensure that the organization is up to standard when it comes to fair and equal pay. I know that was a lot, but I wanted to read the whole thing because I have seen lots of complaints about people specifically saying that, uh, you know, aside from gameplay. I've seen a lot of comments about Frey as a character, and Gabe and I were talking about the reviews that came out, and um, the only review that was positive about Frey as a character happened to be from a Black woman. Black girl gamers were consultants on this game, paid consultants on this game. Of course, like they mentioned, not everything they that they, you know, had to offer was, or suggested, was implemented, which of course obviously, especially because they were added at a later stage. But they also mentioned some of the issues, which was uh, advertising and paying uh, content creators because uh, there were some content creators. There were some black content creators that were like, yo, Square Enix is not offering me what I'm worth to to uh, uh, help promote this game and I'm being compensated unfairly. And of course, that stuff happens. But I think there's just a, a better conversation behind Forspoken and everything that these tweets say because they didn't come out and say this before the game came out and so a lot of people um who just don't understand like specific aspects of culture or what people are looking for in a game I'm not a woman I can't tell you whether Frey is going to be a good portrayal for women um but these black girl gamers who are black women, uh, they did have a say in the final product and they were happy with um, what they were uh, able to experience. And I think that says so much about how Forspoken was treated um, during its review cycle. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Anyone else can say anything else before I move on. I enjoy the fact that they were very upfront about saying like, hey, some of the things that we suggested didn't make it in because of at what point of the cycle of the game we made it into. Instead of kind of like leaving that out and then having everybody be like, oh, Square Enix isn't paying attention to what people have to say about, you know, certain cultures and whatnot. So that, I think that was pretty cool of them. It was really uh, not cool of them. I was very professional of them to do. Um, and, I, you, you know, even though... You know, Jarrell and I obviously love the game. We love Frey. Um, I still think that people would have still said very negative things about Frey as a character. You know, even if this had came out before the game. Yeah. And I, I think we all know why. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, it, was really, it was really, again, professional of them to come up and say like, Hey, Square Enix actually did something right for this game. That's for this game, my gosh. Square Enix, you know, did something right on... The structuring of this game and you know we, we were involved we looked at it you know someone else now <laughs> yeah and you know i also i also appreciate them being very candid and honest right like they were saying yes they should have yes square did do this however they also did not pay content creators fairly which is, mm -hmm. you know, very, very fair thing to say. Like, they, they also came out and said, you know, even though they did this, there are still some issues here. Um, but I think that's so important. Like, um, 
you know, I, as I was, well, I was, I was going to watch a preview for Final Fantasy 16 and I wasn't going to talk about this, but now I'm going to talk about it very briefly. Have you guys seen that, that latest preview of Final Fantasy 16 where he's like in this beautiful, oh. like lush jungle area with the dog and like walking through and it's like exploratory I, and a little, like maybe I five just, seconds of it. That was on Twitter and that's about it. Yeah. Um, uh, so <laughs> that's, is it, I, I, as I wa- I didn't watch the whole thing. To be fair, I did not watch the entire video, but there's a section where Clive is um what is what is that called when you're like walking through a small area like like you're you're I, I know what you, I know what you, yes sidling yeah like yeah. oh okay um, the thing that they use to load in the next area so they like yep. yeah <laughs> same thing that Kratos did in Ragnarok so. Everyone's collectively losing their minds over this like section of this game. Some people are just like, "Why are they showing off this loading area like that? Like this makes no sense." And then other people are just like, "But look at the gorgeous graphics and visuals and music, and you guys are focusing on the wrong thing." Oh God, I lost my entire point. Uh, <laughs> like I had a connection <laughs> with spoken here, and I've completely lost it. Um, yeah, I don't know. What People complaining doing. about asinine things. Uh, so I actually missing the bigger picture. No, I actually think that was a fair complaint, and I know that this. Is, I I know that people might be like, "Oh, well, Jerome." Oh, I remember now. It was about um. <laughs> it was the 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 overarching point was about uh consulting people on your game. Yoshida, now okay, Yoshida. You know, when you're when you're going to talk about, you know, historically accurate things and then be just factually wrong. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe what you could do is consult some people about your game to fix these things. Or, you know, talk to your PR people before you have interviews and double down on things that can be seen as racist. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe a nice Oxford history, history professor or something, you know, to tell you, you know. Instead of, cre- you know, instead of creating history, it's so easy. You've got them. They've got them for you. It's not a problem. Um, Jarrell can be. Jarrell can be your consultant. Literally, like I was just talking about this yesterday. Okay, I'm a, a very small tangent. I was just talking about this yesterday. I was like, Fire Emblem Engage, completely Japanese developed. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When you go to Psalm, what do you see there? Why I see dark skinned people ask it like that. Wait, what? <laughs> Why did you ask it like that? What? <laughs> oh, you guys know, just meld it all in together. And yeah. Like, what just happened? Oh, Your collective. Okay, well, what you see when you go to Solm is black people. Why? Because it's a it's a dry desert, uh, arid area, and like it, obviously you're gonna have more melanin to survive in the environment. Blah blah blah. Whatever science bullshit. I don't care. Yeah, the science. point is they were able to. Uh, now, will I get into the conversation of why these black people have white retainers? Like, where they found these white people from? I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know where they found this white family, but all the other people are black. Now, if you take that and you look at Final Fantasy 16, which we have already seen, the um, we've already seen the environments there. We've already seen that there's going to be a desert-type area. But you know what? Let me not. I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't want to go on this tangent. I don't want to talk about this. What I will talk about is that people were very adamant on, like, 
being on one side or the other about this whole like wall loading thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think people are going. Up I really don't there, think it's a big deal. There, there's a bigger <laughs> deal, and there's like not as much diversity. Yes, yes. However, I was also thinking. Why is that in this game in 2023 on a PS5 when we have yeah, there's that and Tears of the Kingdom coming out and like we have all these open world games? Why are we still doing this? Like it was like I I, I saw both sides. I was like I don't personally care, but also <laughs> if all these other games can not do this and be open, I kept thinking about Elden Ring. Like I can't remember a loading screen in Elden Ring unless I died. Like I literally can't remember one aside from like when I started. And Gabe can tell me if I'm wrong because he's played more Elden Ring than me. But the same thing with Forspoken. I don't remember ever having a loading screen outside of, like, starting the game. So it's just like, why is this a thing on PS5 in 2023? So I get why people are like, oh, why is this still a thing? Because I'm asking the same fucking question. Why? But at the same <laughs> time, I don't care. So it's like, this is so stupid. Um, yeah, sorry. If anybody wants to comment on that little debacle before I move on. Nope. Okay. Great. So, uh, you guys just don't care, and I shouldn't have brought it up because it's stupid. My mic was muted. Oh. My bad. Elden Ring does have loading screens. Where? They're very brief. It's when you're walking in through caves. Oh, uh, see? I didn't- I probably ain't going to fucking caves because I'm a scared <laughs> bitch. So there we go. <laughs> and even that- how long are those loading screens? They're like two seconds. Are there any for spoken? Yes. I don't remember those either. Because <laughs> so, those are those are a lot fewer. I don't remember. So like, it just seems like Final Fantasy sixteen has this, like, whatever. Uh, so uh, Victoria Alonso has left Marvel Studios. She's the president of physical post production, VFX, and animation at the studio. <laughs> Goodbye, Victoria. Bye, Victoria. Yee. Oh my gosh. Bye. Yeah, I thought she. I don't. I. I. Okay. Bye. Um. Bye. of the Wild Explorer's Guide PDF is free from Nintendo. For people who haven't finished Breath of the Wild yet. Who needs a fucking guide, you fucking losers? Charlie could not have been more perfect. I have not finished Breath of the Wild yet. I did make it oh, to the, the the little roly fat people. The little like the gorons. Yeah, you better put respect on their names. I love those go those those those, those guys. I made it. I, I Mind made you, Jero's been at that part for like the past three weeks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I we I thought that Jarell and I we were going to be playing to finish Breath of the Wild at the same time, except I blazed past him. Oh my god! Like what was that? Listen, Christy, you know what's funny? Jarell, you know how many speeds Christy has too. Jarell's had a had a guide for breath of the wild for about by now three years I have not had a yes yes you have you're looking at him you're looking at two of them maybe there is there is a whole youtube series that shows you everything essential you yeah need you know what for the game. when you asked when you asked about the the fire getting something fireproof i really just wanted to link you, you to the video but i was i was in the middle of doing something at work okay well you should i actually used game's video, video for the master sword thank you christy you know what i'm going to add the link to your videos in this podcast notes. So God, no, they're so embarrassing. 
Anyone like me who needs help with Breath of the Wild, you can watch Gabe's uh, series on it because I apparently didn't get the link, so I gotta go do it myself. Real friends. It's almost like you're supposed to be helping me out get interactions on my videos. I will. And you know what, Gabe? I asked the question about Breath of the Wild and you didn't answer. Which one? I don't remember, but Brandon answered. So thank you, Brandon. And that's when I was You're like, welcome. well, fuck him, too. So okay, wait, <laughs> anyway. You, you like to ask questions, though, when I'm at work. That's not. That's not, that is not yes, it. What? First of all, why do you why do you work? This is, because this I need like money because we're in a crippling economy. Know. All of this sounds like a personal problem, but you know what you don't need money for? I'm going to remember that. You're gonna, you you just slash the grass. Wait, that's not a rough wall. Damn it. Do you know what you don't need money for? Oh, what the winning money? Explorer's Guide PDF, which is free for Nintendo, which is really cool. It was really cool of them to do because apparently they want you to be Technically, ready for Technically, you game. need money because you need Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi is not free. No, you can totally go to the library. <laughs> that's gas. You can walk. Not if you walk. Bus. Oh, who walks anymore? Okay, I do. I Look, do. I literally posted a, a Pikmin Bloom thing on my Twitter that I've walked 5 million steps. Oh, Don't lie to us. You put it on your pet and let your pet walk around. I don't have a pet! You don't have a pet? No! Why did you think you had a pet? Why you thought I had oh a pet? Oh my gosh. Alright, so anyway, Life by You. Did anyone watch the announcement trailer for Life by You? I don't know what this is. Yeah, neither do I. I did not watch this. I'm sorry, I haven't had time. It's like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. And it's like, it's so Life goes by you no, fast. It is basically, like, it's basically <laughs> The Sims' new competitor, and I wanted to talk about it, but then I remembered I'm the only person here who fucking plays The Sims. So I'm gonna go ahead and move on. I thought... I can watch it now. Was... Let me go watch it now, actually. Okay, there's nothing to talk about. It's fine. So Mirror's Edge, Battlefield 9, 1943, and Bad Company 1 and 2 are going to be delisted on April 28th, since we're this whole podcast is all about games that are going away, apparently. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, rather, EA, EA said they don't plan to... Well, so first they said they were going to delist all of them, and then they went back and said that they don't plan on delisting Mirror's Edge specifically. Um, and there and there were some tweets which I'll read one from Del Walker at the Cartel Dell that says EA's announcement of Mirrors as removal from digital source is crazy because the game's only online component. Fifteen um, years is a long time. I'll, I'll, I'll be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be just completely honest with you as far as this whole announcement was. Um, obviously, no one. You know, delisting games sorry, when, sorry, when you hit. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. To further clarify my point, the games are not... You can still play the games offline and the single-player campaign. Like, it's not like you can't play okay. the games anymore. Gotcha, okay. Wait, actually, let me ask a question now that you said that. So when they say delisting, then it's like... It's like okay, is there a difference between them being taken offline or is it like delisting that you can't buy them at all? I believe you can't buy them anymore either. So you can't play online and you can't buy them anymore. But if you have them, you can still play the game. Okay. See, I'm not a huge fan of that. Digital storefronts, and you will no longer be able to purchase them. See, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not a like if you you still have the ability to purchase, that's that's fine and dandy. But I'm not a huge fan of the delisting thing if the issue is just keeping the servers online because 
I don't think it's as it's as, as big a deal to just take the servers offline because there are people who care about like the campaigns of those games, for example, that would just want to like play that and that in that regard. And Mirror's Edge that was particularly egregious because, like you mentioned, the only online component to that was the leaderboards, and it's otherwise a single player game. So, I mean, you know, they're walking back the Mirror's Edge thing, but I still think like I know there's not going to be a lot. Uh, Fifteen years later, a lot of people are not going to care. I'm just like. That's that's just the bottom line, but still, like when you when you when you hear like the game's gonna delist as opposed to just like the online component getting taken off, that's a that's a harder pill to swallow, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you should delist games, but I'm also just like, if anybody really wants to play these, you have until like the end of next month to buy it if you really. Want yeah. To. So if you really if you really want to experience those campaigns, I guess do it now. And I hate to sound cynical, because I, I, I still do believe in game preservation, but I'm just also like, I, I don't know, I feel like sometimes we're fighting the wrong battles here. I don't think, like, I don't know, I don't know the statistics of people playing Battlefield 1943 or Bad Company 1 and 2 15 years later, so this is just me being very ignorant with the comments that I'm about to say, because I really don't know. But I don't well, see that big of a problem with... Uh, shutting down servers for a 15-year-old game. And I don't think you should, you know, not sell video games after, like, they've been produced. I, I feel like, obviously, delisting them is bad. But I also am not like, oh, no, EA, I was really gonna buy this next year. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do now? Sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, like, I, I'm, I'm glad at least that you know, I'm 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 never gonna be like a huge fan of delisting thing altogether. But at least if you're giving people notice, then they could at least get the game. Or we just had talked about the story of Gerard buying every single Wii U and 3DS game. Well, now it's available for archive purposes and the preservation status because they exist in some form somewhere where it can be played. And you know, they're giving a nice two month notice before people who really want to buy these games can 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 do so. The my my point is, if notice is given. There's a way for people to play that. It, the longer you wait, the harder it will be, but there's a way, right? What I'm not a fan of is when uh, a game just, like, when they don't give notice, basically. Like, a game just, like, quietly gets delisted, gives nobody the opportunity to, like, really, like, uh, do it. Like, that's that's where I get, like, upset. Like, you see those news reports every now and then. It was like, this game has been quietly delisted. That That's not cool. Yeah. Don't do that. Let people know yeah. so I mean, they can buy their game. literally still go buy Battlefield on Amazon right now. And probably yeah. in GameStop. Like, you, you will be yeah. okay if you want to buy this game. Um, and, and, well, uh, also, Nintendo gave y'all how long? Like, months. Nintendo gave you, like, over a year. <laughs> so that's... Nintendo gave you over a year. I don't feel like that's the same thing, because, like, that's an entire storefront that's going away. Instead yeah. of, like, three to five games. But Nintendo said, fuck y'all, y'all got a year. More than yeah. a year. Buy what you want now. So anybody who's mad, you should... Well, you should have bought them when they came out, if you cared that much. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Don't, don't, like, don't listen to me. Um, yeah, so Stranger Things writers describe Season 5 as if Season 1 and Season 4 had a baby, and then that baby was injected with steroids. That's from an interview from Discussing Films, um, at Discussing Films, um, talking about, obviously, Season 5 of Stranger Things. Why did I bring this up? Because I thought that was the weirdest fucking way to describe a season, and it kind of creeped me out, and I, I just, yeah. I kept thinking, like, That's weird. Why? Like, who decided that that is a good, like, I just keep thinking, oh my god, these children are, like, being injected with steroids and forced to have babies. Like, what is happening? They're child actors. Ah, anyway, yeah, so I posted that. What do you guys feel about that quote? 
It's a that really so weird, weird. Why do you know what a baby injected with steroids is like? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't want to know. The Family Guy has yeah. probably answered that, though. But I wouldn't know. Probably. I haven't seen that. Like, I've seen some Family Guy, just not... There, there, but there has to be... Let, let's be real. There has to be an episode where they've done that. I mean, probably, but I don't <laughs> think an episode of a cartoon is uh, accurate. The same as an actual baby getting steroids. An actual baby with steroids would be. Sure. Because I guarantee you the baby that was injected with steroids in Family Guy was Stewie, and Stewie's yeah. already not a normal baby. Correct. So I, I don't think we're going to get the same result if it's a real-life baby. Well, yeah. weird. you are also not going to get the same result for this next story, which is that Mega Man, to celebrate the launch of the original Battle Network series, they're running a marathon on... The of the excuse me, Mega Man NT Warrior anime. The marathon runs Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. PDT. So any Mega Man fans out there, y'all better be watching the anime. As it breaks, um, I'm gonna be real. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of NT Warrior. I did like the Mega Man Star Force anime though. That was pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed Anti Warrior. I've been listening from time to time while I'm working. That's cool. Speaking of things to watch. Oh. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always premieres April 19th. Yeah, they got a new trailer today, in fact. Um, I'll keep it brief, since I'm the Power Ranger guy here. Um, yeah, so... This is gonna be way darker than the main series, clearly. Well, not way darker. Like, the regular series goes for, like, a nice, um, PG rating. This one is definitely going for more PG-13, because, uh... Rita Repulsa, the main villain from the original series, is back somehow. I don't know how they're going to explain that for reasons, but anyway. And she just straight up says she's going to kill the Power Rangers twice. Not, I will destroy the Power Rangers straight up. I will kill the Rangers. And, yes, she straight up says, I'm going to kill the Rangers. Like, the one of her plots is, I'm going to go back in time and kill the Rangers before they even came Power Rangers. like, what the hell is this trailer? And it gets... Yeah, it is a smart thing to do. It it is very smart, and um, I do want to address this real quick because obviously, um, for those who have been seeing like images of this show before or this special rather before it came out, um, they are addressing like um, obviously the actress that played Trini, the original Yellow Ranger, passed away back in two thousand one. Um, in the trailer, they showed the Yellow Ranger fighting Rita and getting killed. So that's the can that's the canon reason about why she's not coming back. So that's it's addressing that first of all, and second of all, it's giving it's it's if that's not a sign that this is going to be a lot darker than the series that they're killed off a ranger, like I don't know what is. So yeah, the stakes. Let her keep her legacy and like sunset her off in a different way. Like that, I'm not okay with that. I'm mixed. I, 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 I'm I'm pretty mixed about it. If, if I, like I, I I gotta see how they do it. Like if they make it like she died heroically, then I I guess that's a good way to go about. It. I I gotta see how it goes. But they I guess they wanted to just like you know give a definitive answer in the canon at least about why this character is never going going to come back. Yeah, but I mean, um, also literally written anything. You could have no. You could have in the Fast and Furious series. Paul Walker, the actor that played Brian. He's obviously passed away before uh, Fury 7 came out. But in canon, he's still alive. They never killed him off. So they have to keep they have to keep explaining that every movie. Which they literally is let him movie. drive into the sunset. They literally drive into the sunset. But his character somehow keeps coming back. They never show his face, but his character keeps coming back. And it's getting increasingly awkward. Anyway, okay, this well, is another discussion. Right, right. 
<laughs> That's just Fast and the Furious going longer than it's supposed to be going. Yeah, Fast X is going to be cool, though. Anyway, um, but the Green Ranger is also shown in this trailer. Um, I'm curious how they're going to do that one as Probably well. Probably going to kill him, too, apparently, since that's the uh, way to go. Apparently, oh, man. Kill them all off, and then they'll never get, uh, they'll only be able to receive residuals from the show after that, because they'll never have to bring them back, because they cut them all off. Man. Yeah, they just, just give it a Man, I'm 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 interested in seeing this this special, especially since it's gonna look like significantly darker. I'm, I want to see how they how they do it. Yeah, not much else I could say that I could go into more specifics, but that's more Power Ranger jargon. I'll just leave it at that. I'm excited. GameStop has finally turned a profit for the first time in two years after major layoffs in 2022. Take that. Out. In the words of Kelly Poggers. Is that how I feel like I've learned what this means? And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's not how you use that. And, and, now, and, now, and, now, and now we've all forgot because Kelly has been gone forever. <laughs> okay, because like, I don't. Well, that's not, you know, uh, and we do know people that were personally let go from uh, GameStop, um, GameStop's Game Informer specifically to make cuts mm-hmm. to save money. So, yeah, fuck you guys for getting rid of people and finally turning a profit two years later. Figure out how to run a fucking business properly. Um, and don't cancel fucking collector's editions for ins. Okay. Um, I'm moving on. Microsoft says that 10 years is plenty of time for Sony to make its own Call of Duty game. That's from Kotaku.com. <laughs> and you know what, Microsoft? That's some big ass balls. Because you're right. 10 years isn't enough. No. Time. Hard disagree. <laughs> okay. I Hard listen, disagree. I didn't say it was going to be good. But 10 years is enough time to make a game like Call of Duty. Is it going to be a uh, complete uh, Call of Duty? Probably fucking not. But 10 years is enough time to make a game. Um, Microsoft is just full of shit. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Microsoft says 10 years is plenty of time for Sony to make its own Call of Duty. The Xbox maker defends its strange arguments that Sony need not worry about PS5 losing the massive shooter franchise. Um, and one of their ways was by apparently saying... Quote, Microsoft considers that a period of 10 years is sufficient for Sony as a, as a leading publisher and console platform to develop alternatives to Call of Duty. The 10-year term will extend into the next console generation. Moreover, the practical effect of the Remedy will go beyond the 10-year period since games downloaded in the final year of the Remedy can continue to be played for the lifetime of that console and beyond with backwards compatibility. Um, so yeah, I'm just waiting for for Jim Ryan's response, because he's kind of been getting sick of uh, Microsoft's bullshit lately. Yeah. Also, like, to be fair, I also was like, no, fuck y'all, that's bullshit. Like, I was, I had Gabe's reaction, because I was like, bitch, no, we literally had exclusivity to this shit before y'all started this bullshit, and now you're gonna tell me to go make my own? Fuck you. Um, So we'll see what happens. Any other comments on that one? Not really. No. No. Um, Ubisoft has uh, unveiled a new AI tool that aims to support scriptwriters by generating first drafts of NPC dialogue. Um, This is from VGC News, and very interestingly, underneath the tweet for this, Ubisoft had a, uh, a reply, which said, The missing context from this headline is that the tool was created in collaboration with writers... And it's just about creating more variations for human-written barks, the short, repeated lines given to NPCs. That's their excuse. Um, yeah, how y'all feel about this one? <laughs> well, I will. I would. Uh, you was know, I could, I could. I could answer. Or was it just created without them knowing? 
Yeah, I could answer, <laughs> but I'll just create an AI robot to respond for me. You know, there is no world in which a an AI ghostwriter and like, don't get me wrong, writing bark repeated NPC dialogue can be really tedious. Mm-hmm. But that's someone's job. Like, and, and yeah, I, I saw some comments where someone made a, a very decent point, which is like, that is like a a a junior going into the field learning how to do this. Like, that's a job that you assign to them, and you help them develop those skills for for video game writing that you're now giving away to an AI. Um, but I'll leave that at that. Um, whew, okay, so should we end this on Arcane, or should we end this on uh, Fire Emblem Engage DLC? I think we should end it on Arcane. Arcane. So let's talk about Fire Emblem Engage DLC. Uh, they have finally released the the release date for the final um, DLC for Fire Emblem Engage, which is April fourth, April eighth, April fourth, April fourth. So apparently it's April fourth or April fifth. We don't know yet. One of those two days because they basically, I think, in the YouTube description it says like April fourth, and then on the YouTube video it says April fifth. We guess we'll find out. That's what happens when you hire an AI. I mean, that's what happens when you don't hire an AI. You get some fun little interactions. Who knows? It's a toss-up. Poor intern, Coom. Poor intern. Leaked out, you know, Fire Emblem hero stuff, and now this date, poor intern. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about this specifically was that I, I remember that Gabe and I had a conversation about not being happy with the DLC releasing on the same day. And then we got a battle pass with four different waves and this game came out in February. And two months later, everything in this game, including all of the DLC, is going to be out for people to play. Um, and that just begs the question, how much of this was already ready to be released, um, and just held back and separated, um, and, and like, how much, uh, how okay is this as a practice, do you guys feel? Uh, Christy, you had a specific insight on this, right, before I say something? There's been some discussion within the fan base that the game was already ready by 2021, and so, and the end... So because um, Nintendo saw how well Three Houses was doing, they wanted to push Three Houses and then pushed out Three Hopes. And so they held back. And the rumor, the talk amongst the fan base is that they held back Engage. So I wouldn't be surprised that they've already been working on the DLC in the interim. Because I think how long is it taking the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 DLC? They're still waiting on Wave 4, right? Yeah, Wave 3, I believe, is already out. So Wave 4 is the one that they're waiting on. So... That tells me that they legitimately like were working on that DLC late in development slash after the game was already finished, right? Where this is mm-hmm. clearly not the where to Christie's point, this is clearly not the same case. Where I I one hundred percent believe that honestly, I don't I I can't say the specifics of the exact year, but no, this game must have been done for a while and they have been sitting on it for a while because, like I said, this DLC is coming out so soon after the game's off, like. I fully believe, like, obviously, we had this discussion about that it, we're not we're not really the biggest fans of the fact that the Wave 1 of the DLC was out the same day as the, as the game. We didn't really uh, care for that. I I believe that may not have always been the plan. I feel like maybe they did plan to, like, space these out, like, maybe a month or two afterwards. But, again, clearly this game has been done, so they're just trying to get all the DLC out so they can get to their next Fire Emblem project already. Um, Literally, that's... they heard how angry Drell, Drell was about potentially playing the game again in December. I was like, nope, 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 we're not having that fan. 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm not so to be clear, I want to be one hundred percent clear. Yeah, here you are, me, or or we can't hear you rather. And I I want to be one hundred percent clear that um, I'm not necessarily defending this um the, the this practice of the DLC coming out slash the day one slash so soon afterwards. I mean, I'm personally benefiting from it because it means I get to use all this stuff in my actual playthrough. So I I like it, but I'm not necessarily defending it. I'm just saying to what Christie's point and to what I'm saying. That's probably why this is happening. This has just been sitting on a shelf until it was ready to come out. Okay, everyone. Sorry, we had a little issue on my end. But we're back to finish out the podcast. We were talking about uh, Fire Emblem Engage DLC. Um, I believe, Brandon, you were you were speaking on... Or you were just finished speaking on it, correct? Yeah, I'm done. I, I said everything I need to. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that, that Fire Emblem DLC coming out real quick. Anybody else? Yeah, I think it was a load of shit. I don't care what anybody says. Um, the fact that they have the game finishing before six months of its life cycle, and you had people pay for a day one DLC is full of shit. Like, and to put on top of that, to put what the game's been finished for over a year is a speculation amongst the fan base. No, I don't care about that. I mean, if no. that's the case, that's fine. But the fact that the DLCs are being finished before it's been out for six months. Just and on top of that, one. having a d- three, yeah, and then having the having a day one DLC, which mind you, the DLCs that have come out have all been, if I'm not mistaken, paralogue and character DLCs, right? That's right. literally it. Yeah, the, the ones that have come out so far, all paralogues that get you new characters. So essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. essentially new emblems to help. Yeah, one that's those should have emblem. been those one battle and one new emblem. Yes. Those should have been free DLCs. This last one should have been the paid DLC. <laughs> disgusting. Nah, I'm not gonna say disgusting, but one battle just... and one emblem per like the first like so, so no. Let me let me correct the way that I explained that. The like the first wave of DLC was a one battle, which was Tiki one and battle. emblem, and then one emblem, a uh, separate emblem, so two emblems, but one battle. Um, the second one was uh, two, uh, what two two battles, three two emblems, three, three in the yes. second, three, three in the, in the second, second wave, two in the third. That's right. So I apologize. Oh, wait, so it's a okay. total so, of uh, six emblems and five battles. Six emblems and five battles. Yes. Yeah. Five over three DLCs. Over three DLC. I still disagree with that. No, wait. It's, it's six battles, seven emblems. Especially, you can keep upping the number of battles and emblems. I'm gonna keep saying the same thing, especially because it. I, I don't know. Like, I think what's really bothering me is this is the day one DLC. I think that's really what's grinding my gears right now. Especially since it was paid. That should have been a free update or some shit, a day one update that went along with the game. Um, if the game has been done over a year and that's why they're doing this, still kind of crap. And I think that's all I'm going to say on it. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, I feel like I would have felt better paying like 70 or $70 for this game and just having all of that included instead of paying for $100 for them to hold off on content that is clearly already done. Um, however, um, uh, to, to, to quickly mention, you know, the, the game already being finished. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I would not be surprised at all if the game was finished and they were holding on to it. Um, I also think that this DLC release schedule 
may just be a factor of what Nintendo has planned for the rest of the year. And uh, they may not want uh, Fire Emblem DLC to get in the way or compete with Pokemon DLC or any other of their uh, exclusive titles that, you know, Nintendo might be working on or that they have coming out. Because I'm I, my first thought was, yeah, I'm going to be playing Pokemon and Pokemon DLC and <laughs> Fire Emblem DLC around the same time in two different sections of the year. But they were like, nah, bitch, take it all in the first three months after the game is out. And I was like... I'm also curious to see if we will have DLC for other AAA titles later down the line, just not specifically Nintendo. It's kind of known that a lot of the Japanese um, video game companies, they do talk amongst each other, so that way they can like kind of schedule and, schedule and plan out their games. Just because, you know, the game, the video game consoles have not been a major hit in their country as of late and so they want to try to maximize sales yeah and i mean even without that like kelly's always discussed how expensive it is to make video games and why we have dlc because if you're paying 60 bucks per game you are not breaking even like nowhere near breaking mm. even um so yeah. they definitely cost more so i understand i understand dlc However, I was a little put off at the fact that, like, the last thing that I was waiting for is literally out, like, two, two, three months after the game released. Like, the, the lifespan of Engage is, like, surprisingly shorter than what I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think that's kind of disappointing. Um, like, I, I, I personally think it's disappointing, but who cares what I think. Shall we? Anything else? Or shall we move on? Nope. Right, this is our last story that I want to talk about. This is our last story that I want to talk about, and it's about Arcane. Uh, Arcane is uh, the developer of wonderful games and um, their upcoming title, Redfall. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Redfall before we end this one. I was obviously excited for Redfall because, wow, black woman in a video game, shooting vampires, let's go. Um, we'll see how it is, <clears throat> but there are two stories here. The first one is that Arcane is working actively to remove Redfall's always online requirement for single player mode. They said online requirement, um, actually I'll just read it for you. Uh, quote, we do take it with a lot of empathy, Smith said. We listen and we've already started work to address this in the future. We have to do some things like encrypt your save games and do a bunch of UI work to support it. And so we're looking into, I'm not supposed to promise anything, but we're looking into and working actively toward fixing that in the future. This being always online. Smith also went into more detail on why uh, Redfall had been designed to be online in the first place, and it's not for the reason you might suspect. There's no store in the game, and there's no microtransactions. <clears throat> uh, Smith told me, preempting any suspicion the game was always online, so it could simply be ready to sell you more stuff. So it's not something about uh, being online as a microtransaction thing. And they are actively looking into ways to take the always online requirement off. However, I really thought, I really think you should have just developed your game like that in the first place. Like, you should right. not go into it developing it in a way that is going to require um, an active online uh, situation. Especially for something like Redfall, which is essentially just like, you know, uh, 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 dead, dead, whatever that game is called. Um, where you just sit down with friends and play and fucking kill, like... I want to have four, three friends over and just kill zombies together and not have to worry if my internet isn't working that day. So stupid. Um, 
So that was the first thing. So if you guys have anything to say about that, hold on to it. The second one is that a PS5 version of Redfall was in development, then canceled. This was confirmed by Arcane director Harvey Smith. Quote, we were acquired by Microsoft and it was a change with a capital C. They came in and they said, no PS5. We're focusing on Xbox, PC, and Game Pass. Um, this article is via IGN from Shinobi602 on Twitter. Um, yeah, and it's translated from uh, French IGN, so there's that. Can't mm-hmm. give you any more than that because I don't have the mm-hmm. translated version. Um, but talk about bullshit. The first yeah. thing that I thought was... But Microsoft keeps talking about how they're going to make everything available for everyone with their acquisitions, and they don't want to be a monolith in the community. And then you have a game like Redfall that was being actively worked on in development for PS5, only for it to get canceled when they were purchased. But also, I understand, because if, bitch, if I bought you, we're not fucking with them. Like, you're scrapping that shit immediately. So I love how yeah. that the Arcane director says it's right in the middle of, you know, Microsoft's bad legal battles trying to acquire Activision and <laughs> you're like hmm fun yeah this is literally what we talked about to piss you off <laughs> I mean made you scrap your entire development <laughs> like I'm sure like what did Microsoft do to piss you off now's a good time to speak while they're in the middle of their legal trouble legal battle trying to acquire Activision Blizzard yeah I think I think what pissed them off is that they, they made him scrap development on ps5 in the middle of development that would piss me off too yeah uh yeah Yeah. so i'm sorry yeah so uh how do you guys feel about hearing this news that uh microsoft supposedly had them cancel redfall mid-development for ps5 um and tell them they could only work on xbox pc and game pass and also how do you feel about them trying to take away the online that i think shouldn't have been there in the first place yeah, I don't know much... should have been there in the first place. And also, I'm curious to see how this new tidbit is being used in the legal battle. Yeah, to the latter point, yeah. It should not have been forced online in the first place. And to your first point, uh, I mean, we talked about this, like, months ago on the, on the podcast, how Microsoft will say, you know, nothing's really going to change. But I think I'm I'm one of the ones who said... You spend all this money on these platforms, you're not going to keep these multi-platform if you can help it. Yeah. So this is just the fruit of that, honestly. Like, I knew this uh, stories like this would eventually come up. And here we go. Here's our first major one that we've uncovered of a game that was in active development for PlayStation 5 and succinctly canceled following the, the merge. Or not merge, but yeah, the purchasing so of the studios. In the middle of the development. Like, if it's already being developed in the middle. just bought y'all, like, fuck it, just do it. Like, because you're going to make more money which, for us anyway. Which tells me that Deathloop, wa- like, Deathloop was done. It, yeah. Otherwise, Microsoft would have been like, cancel that shit. Yes. <laughs> well, that was before, though, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. It, well, uh, the, well, this... Uh, it, this it, 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 I thought that they announced that there was a PlayStation version of Deathloop coming. Before and so, they, yeah. yeah, before they were purchased by yeah, Microsoft, they, so they, that they, in they, the end, people were a lot of the fans were in uproar about how if Microsoft acquired Arcane, then there wouldn't be a PlayStation copy, and so Microsoft basically had to be like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. There will be a PlayStation copy." And so, yeah, Deathloop 
was Isn't Death Loop is, a yeah, it's a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, well, PlayStation right, exclusive. it was, wasn't it? It, it was I announced thought. as a PlayStation exclusive, and then they announced a deal. They honored the agreement that it was going to be PlayStation 5 exclusive, at least initially. But the difference with Red... about that. And that was because but the di- PlayStation had went and um, given money to help develop Deathloop. Um, Correct. They had a contract with PlayStation, and then they were bought out by Microsoft in the midst of that. Um, which yeah. is why a lot of people were uh, confused when that went through, because most people did think that um, uh, Arcane would have went to PlayStation over Xbox. Yeah. The difference is, though... Um, even though Redfall was in development for the PlayStation 5, it wasn't announced. Correct. And then when this announcement came out, so they could get a, they they thought they could get away with canceling this PlayStation 5 version and no one would be the wiser, but you know, <laughs> the truth came, the truth the truth found its way to us. Uh Gabe, anything on this that we can end? Um yeah, the uh the online thing, like you guys have been saying, shouldn't have been I understand. I kind of. I don't understand. Well, no. I see where what point you know they were trying to make about using the online to collect how people play the game. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, that shouldn't have been. Yeah, shouldn't have been online. I mean, it should have been like an optional online thing. Like oh, like you know, whatever. Um, and then to keep going, uh, Phil Spencer is the biggest sack of lying shit I've ever seen in business clothes because. I've said this over and over again. Every time we talk about Microsoft, one of the very first things this man said when he acquired Bethesda and when he was on his way to acquiring Activision Blizzard was games should be for everyone. He did say that. They should be played by everyone. Um, You can't say that and then try and lock everything into your consoles, especially when, again, we're in the economy that we're in and these consoles are fucking expensive. And building a PC that can run games is also fucking expensive. So now you're trying to get people to buy your console because you didn't know how to sell it in the beginning and you couldn't bring out um, your own exclusives to go hand in hand with it. Um, I mean, your first exclusive took almost a year to come out. Um, and then also, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, like I think what gets me so mad is seeing Xbox fanboys on Twitter because they swear that they've been they've had the one up on PlayStation since the dawn of time, and it's like it's just more apparent. Like, Xbox is just whatever. Um, um, yeah. Um, where's it going? Um, yeah, and I also think like it. It would annoy me if I'm working on a game and I'm working on it to be, you know, very multi-platform. And it's like, yeah, you know, all that work you were doing on that, just yeah, let it go, just hit it out, throw it in the garbage can. That 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 pissed me off. Um, but yeah, Phil Spencer, full of shit. <laughs> it's it's very interesting because. You're right, he did say all of that in the beginning. But also, you don't buy all these studios and not make money from them. And, then- and right. that's... I agree with that, but <clears throat> at the same time, it's, you know, you're going to make the money regardless. I, to me, personally, I feel like you'd make more money having your games go out on all these platforms because people are going to buy it. Like, do you know... We're never going to know how much money... You know they're gonna lose from not having it on PlayStation because the game never is never gonna come out on PlayStation, so we never know that. So I I, just, I don't know. It's just very like 
can't find the word for it, but it's, it's so to do that. The weirdest thing is like you're not because you're not because you're not doing it for you're obviously not doing it for the players and for the gamers. You're doing it for the benefit of your shit ass company that you can't seem to get your own ideas for. You have to buy all these people out to make your make you money. The weirdest thing to me about all of this is just that there's no like okay well so square enix for example right they they with final fantasy 16 uh uh yoshida was very upfront with like hey they're giving us this money they're helping us develop this they're giving us things that we don't have and that's why we're going to be exclusive for x amount of time and then we're going to come elsewhere and i think that's how it should be that's how it was that's what worked that you know that's why we get exclusives because these companies are, you know, going to pay extra money. But then those exclusives eventually do almost all the time, unless it's PlayStation, um, come elsewhere. And now we're in a we're in a situation where a company like Arcane and I, and I think that obviously I this is obviously me talking out of ignorance again because I don't know, but. We have talked about how Game Pass is not making money. We've talked about how uh, the Xbox is not making money. Uh, we've talked about how, like, <laughs> they're kind of hemorrhaging money with the Xbox because they're paying. They owe money every time they sell a unit. Like, they're losing 250 bucks with every unit sold still. Um, and we know that Game Pass is not profitable. So their business plan doesn't seem to be working because how many people are going to get their hands on Arcane's Redfall as an Xbox exclusive that they're already, like, they're not paying extra money for, right? Because, like, you most likely, you already have Game Pass and you're going to get this game for free. So you're not going to have to pay 70 bucks for this game, uh, free being, like, your $15 a month um, uh, uh, subscription or whatever. But even those subscriptions are not covering enough money to make money for them wolong fallen dynasty i played it on game pass because i happen to have game pass and i kept thinking like how many people bought this game i don't know like i would have to look it up but with redfall being exclusive it's like arc if i were arcane and you made me make this game an exclusive i would hope that the amount of money that you bought me out for that you're paying for for this is going to cover like everything because i would just keep thinking imagine if i had this also on playstation imagine how much more units i could have sold if it wasn't just stuck on i personally just sometimes see game pass day one releases as just that like i don't even think of them as like real games i know that's weird to say but i oh. I, I i really don't like like if you like i think of uh, i know it's really weird but like it's just one of those things where you have it for free, you play it for a little bit, you play it till you're done, and then it's, it's gone, like, it's out of it, like, that's it, and I, it's, like, one of those things where if you, if you buy something, you kind of, this is gonna sound really weird, but, like, if you buy something and you own something on your own, you're kind of more careful with it than if someone just gives it to you, it, I don't know if that makes sense, I'm yeah. really weird comparisons here, but that's how I feel about Game Pass, like, it's like, oh, it's Redfall, I'm gonna have it for free, like, there's no real hype around it because it's not something that i'm investing in like it's something that's literally given to me because i'm a part of this thing whereas something like final fantasy 16 it's like oh shit this is gonna cost me 70 dollars but i'm willing to pay that because i'm so excited for this game like that that that's the divide that i'm kind of making there that happens when you get a game on game pass because nobody i'm not a, i'm a, I, like i would not pay 70 dollars for redfall i would i would pay it for playstation redfall but not on Xbox when I could just get Game Pass for a dollar, play for the month that all my friends are going to play, and then never play it again. 
why would you ever do anything else in the economy that Gabe was talking about? And with that, we're done. So thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It said this took longer than I wanted it to and all my technical issues. So I'm sorry. Um, thank you, uh, Christy. Thank you. You got a name set for what? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't hear what you said. Thank you, Gabe. You're welcome. Uh, I hope you weren't talking shit. And thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Um, and with that, we will see y'all next week. Maybe live. Who knows what's gonna happen? But you will see us on video on YouTube and Spotify uh video for podcasts. And you can also catch us on all your other podcasting streaming sites. Thank you guys for hanging with us for like three years now. We are as old as uh what what did I say was three years old? We are as old Leo. as Animal Crossing. What? <laughs> I don't know. You're, still, you're, you're making an old joke. It's like, uh, Wii U. Let's, whatever, keep it top. Older than three. We are sure as old as Animal Crossing. So thank you guys and goodbye. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.